Good morning. Would you join me in the prayer for illumination as it's printed in your bulletin or on the wall? Prepare our hearts, O oh God, to accept your word. Silence, is any, silence us any voices but your own, so that we may hear your word and also do it. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Our first scripture reading is Psalm 22, plea for deliverance from suffering and hostility. To the leader, according to the deer of the dawn, a psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? From the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In our, you, our ancestors trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not human, scorned by others and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They sneer at me. They shake their heads. Commit your cause to the Lord. Let him deliver. Let him rescue the one in whom he delights. Yet it was you who took me from the womb. You kept me safe on my mother's breast. On you I was cast from my birth. And since my mother bore me, you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls encircle me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all of my bones are out of joint. My heart is like the wax. It is melted within my breast. My mouth is dried up like potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death, for dogs are all around me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They bound my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far away. O my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. From the horns of the wild oxen you have rescued me. I will tell you of your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. Stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he did not despise or abhor. The affliction of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from me, but heard when I cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations shall worship before him. 
for dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over nations. To him, indeed, shall all who sleep in the earth bow down. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, and I shall live for him. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying that he has done it. Second scripture reading is from the book of Mark, chapter 15, verses 33 through 36, the death of Jesus. When it was noon, darkness came over the land until three in the afternoon. At three o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloh, Eloh, lema sabatani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they said, listen, he's calling for Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a stick, and gave it to him to drink, saying, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Mine's shorter than yours. Poor Diana, I think she thinks that I choose the longest scriptures when it's her Sunday to serve as liturgist. We watched as our young people remembered words, not remembered, they're words that they are actively living in childhood. We watched and in our mind's eye, we remembered doing and singing these words to head, shoulders, knees, and toes when we were children. A somewhat silly preschool song, but it has an important message for the youngest learners. It teaches them about God's creation, them. It teaches them about their own bodies, their head, shoulders, knees, and toes, eyes, ears, mouth, and nose, all knit together by a loving creator God, designed with God's purpose in mind, yet taught through a silly and easily remembered song that we can all sing along to throughout the ages. So many childhood lessons learned through repetition and even through fun and song, lessons that will be imprinted on us and will be easily recalled even as older adults. I can probably remember nursery rhymes better than my grocery list most days. <laughs> Yet the words that long ago, that I long ago learned roll right off my tongue. It's funny, the memories, the emotions that remembering brings back. When Dominic was in first grade, he had a wonderful teacher. Her name was Jamie Hepp. Jamie loved her kids and she taught with passion. I used to volunteer in her classroom once a week and I remember the kids as they sat on the carpet, they were learning about coins. And Jamie would say, four quarters, 10 dimes, 20 nickels and 100 pennies, all equal. And David started to laugh when I did this at Republic because he knew exactly what I meant. They all equal a dollar. I can still hear in her, her voice in my head and the upward lilt as she ended saying, all equal a dollar. It made sense to me when Dominic came home, was practicing his coins and his, his little voice mirrored that same upward sound, a dollar. 
as we repeat these words, especially as we learn them as children and repeat them through our lives, they become imprinted on us. We come to learn their meaning. But they are also associated with memories and even tones of voice. The words grow in their meaning beyond simple words, but into concepts and ideas that we will grow upon. As a little girl, I may have learned head, shoulders, knees, and toes, but in college anatomy, I learned the big words for those, cranium and patella and phalanges, things like that. Advanced study and understanding all begins with the foundation of solid knowledge. The greatest financial minds in all the world know that four quarters, 10 dimes, 20 nickels, and 100 pennies all equal a dollar. You go did it, didn't you? Everyone starts somewhere, even Jesus. Today, we hear Christ's voice from the cross as he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Diana did a wonderful job of reading the ancient language, but let's hear what it may have sounded like on that day. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We hear the brokenness and the pain in Jesus' voice as he cries out to God, where are you? Where have you gone? Have you abandoned me? Why have you left me here to die? Have you forsaken me? As disciples of Jesus, when we read these words, at least I am often troubled. How could God abandon Jesus? How could God leave Christ alone as he suffered through these moments? As disciples, we try to understand this moment in our history, this moment that we're witnessing Jesus crying out to God. The eyewitnesses say, listen, he is calling Elijah. See what happens next. Will Elijah come and save him. And there's a small part of me that wonders what it would have been like had God come to save Jesus in that moment. The story may have played out a little differently than what we read in the gospel. There's a small part of me that wishes that some instant justice had been had. But that's not the way the story goes. We hear these words and sometimes Sometimes we're troubled, and other times as Christians, we draw some comfort ourselves here. When we're in times of trial, when we doubt God, we draw ourselves to this moment and we say, look, even Jesus felt left, forgotten, forsaken. Those things are true, but we need to deepen our understanding and our study. You see, this is not simply a cry of doubt. This is a prayer of despair. This, these words that Christ spoke are a prayer of pain. The Jewish faithful, they did not shy away from praying through their pain like this. Sometimes we act as if we're not supposed to have pain. 
We act as if we're supposed to have these neat and tidy little lives that fit firmly within the boundaries that we have set, and we've tried to create this life of our dreams. We hate conflict. We detest negativity. We set forth ideals based on perfectionism that doesn't exist. We are not realistic. We can learn so much from this prayerful psalm that Christ repeats. If we look at this in the most elementary way, we would easily understand why Jesus cries out to God in pain. Why wouldn't he cry out to God in pain? He's been beaten, maimed, hung on a cross. He is suffocating. And he cries out in despair. And just as the eyewitnesses did, we wonder what will happen. As we study these words, it doesn't take us long to understand that when Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's praying very familiar words. Jesus is praying the words from the 22nd Psalm. These are words that would be very, very familiar to him. Words that he would have prayed as a child, as a young man, and into his adulthood. Just as when I asked Ben, do you know head, shoulders, knees, and toes, he immediately recognized, yes, yes, I know it. I can sing it. I can do the motions. Christ would know these prayerful words, these praying words, these desperate words. These are the words that Jesus would turn to in times of pain and desperation, and they would bring him comfort. He wouldn't even have to really think about what he's saying. They're so imprinted on his very being. Today we hear only the first words. But if Jesus were able to continue, we would better understand. You see, the, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me is just the opening line of the psalm. These words that Jesus prays in desperation from the cross, they're not, though, a prayer of doubt entirely, though that's often what we hear. They are a cry out in pain, in lament, which is a very familiar place for the Jewish faithful. We run from discomfort. They have spent generations trying to get it right with God. Their ancestors spent years wandering around, literally lost in their faith. The 22nd Psalm is a prayer of pain, of intense and overwhelming pain. Why? Why have you left me? As we read further, as Diana read to us this morning, we hear the psalmist go back and forth in this prayer. It's almost dizzying the speed at which the prayer moves, from misery to acknowledgement of God's goodness, back to suffering, then back to praises of God who has been faithful since birth. It's enough to give you whiplash. But haven't we prayed like that? Where are you, God? And then we remember God's goodness. Oh, but our circumstances overwhelm, but then... We remember God's faithfulness. This prayer, the 22nd Psalm, is a tool for the faithful. We've all said that it's easier to see God's movement in the rear view. You ever said that? You've come through a time of trial, and when you look back on it, you can see God's movement. But in the midst of it, 
It's too much. This prayer acts as your rearview mirror in the moment. If you study the rhythm of the prayer, you can see it. We begin by crying out in distress, talking about our circumstances and our perception and our perspective of all that is wrong in life. And then we flip to God's goodness and sovereignty, that God is holy, that God has a history of saving us. And then we flip again to our current circumstance that swallows us up and we declare our misery. But the psalmist draws us back to our heritage And we are reminded that God has known us and loved us since he knit together our head, our shoulders, our knees, and our toes. We go on and on like this, all the way through verse 21. And finally, we declare that we believe God will save us and deliver us, and we will praise him and tell his story. We will tell everyone, the words say. Everyone who will listen of God's great mercy and grace. And we know that the earth and all on the earth will know God's name and bow because he has done it. The final words of the psalm, he has done it. Jesus is teaching us here more than we ever realized. Jesus is teaching us in the moment of his greatest pain that we should not run from our pain, Jesus is teaching us not to bury our doubt, but to cry out. Jesus is teaching us that humanity will hurt us, that life has the promise of difficulty, but that God has the final say because he has done it. Jesus is teaching us to turn to God in times of desperation. Turn to God, but fight the urge to ask God to remove all of our troubles. That's not realistic. If God did not swoop down in this moment when the onlooker said, ooh, let's wait and see if Elijah comes and saves him. If God said, we have to wait, we have to wait to see the glory, then we have to wait. We often expect, if your God move this mountain, unlock this door, change this circumstance, but But God expects the circumstance to change you, just as he did in this moment. It doesn't mean that God isn't present. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care. Jesus cries out these words not to show weakness of faith, not to show doubt, but to show where his true power comes from, the presence of God. God has promised to be present with us in times of great worry and pain. There is no guarantee that our circumstance will change. But we are called to know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called unto his purpose. God didn't change Jesus' circumstance in this moment, but he certainly worked for the good. And it would take three days' time for the world to see that he had done it. So I want you to listen to the words of the 22nd Psalm once again. I want you to listen to them and I want you to place yourself in this moment at the foot of the cross, hearing the voice of Jesus utter these words 
But knowing that beyond, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, lies the rest of the psalm. Those words that went unspoken but would soon be revealed. Along with Christ, I want you to think of a time that you have felt forsaken. That you have felt that God has fallen silent. Maybe it's today. But hear the words of the faithful who have gone before us. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me from the words of my groaning? I cry by day, but you do not answer. By night, I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you, our ancestors trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and they were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not human, scorned by others and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. Commit your cause to the Lord. Let him deliver. Let him rescue the one in whom he delights. Yet it was you who took me from the womb. You kept me safe on my mother's breast. On you, I was cast from my birth. And since my mother bore me, you have been my God. Do not be far from me. Trouble is near. There is no one to help. Many bulls encircle me. Strong bulls surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, melted. My mouth is dried up like a pot shirt and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. The dogs are all around me. A company of evildoers encircle me. They've bound my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat. They divide my clothes and they cast lots. But you, oh Lord, do not be far away. Oh, my help, come quickly. Deliver my soul from the sword and my life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion, from the horns of the wild oxen. Rescue me. I will tell of your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him, all you offspring of Jacob, glorify him, stand in awe of him, for he did not despise or abhor your affliction. He did not hide his face from me, but heard when I cried. From you comes my praise. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations shall worship, for dominion belongs to him and he rules. To him, indeed, all who sleep in the earth will bow down. Before him shall bow all who go to the dust, and I shall live for him. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told. They will be told about the Lord and proclaim his deliverance. 
to a people yet unborn, saying that he has done it. All God's people said, Amen. In response,